with insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross, featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, your Jewish Patriot, Cindy Gross. Welcome to the Jewish Patriot. I am your host, Cindy Gross, today's premier Jewish woman activist. And you don't have to be Jewish to be a part of my show, to tune in, to be a guest, and of course, to offer any suggestions and input. We love to hear from everybody and we are stronger together. We have a huge show for us tonight. So let's get started in my opening Pearls of Wisdom because I am Zisa Peril, Sweet Pearl. Like that Dickens classic, today is the best of times and the worst of times. Let's talk about the best of times briefly. I am so excited to share with you my first red, red carpet exclusive party. You know, I used to share plenty of that on social media before COVID. And now through radio and television, I'll be able to share with you exclusive interviews and share with you an exciting new cookbook, the best that I offer you that's kosher, the best that I offer you that's trending, and the best that I could offer you from my culture that you will love just as much because you could relate it to your culture as well. There are so many similarities. But before we get to the celebrations and the delicious food and wine, we have to talk about the worst of times. It seems that time cannot be any worse than it is right now. Everybody is saying it, young and old, American and non-American. It doesn't matter your financial or religious background, if you live in a city or a suburb. Well, our first guests are talking about an issue that has been the worst of times for them since 2014, through the Obama, Trump, and now Biden administrations. In 2014, four teenage boys were murdered by Hamas, and you are going to meet the American advocate and the Israeli mother that are fighting to have these boys return to America to either be buried with respect and with religious uh, traditions and laws, and to also bring dignity to those families and a sense of closure. And if they are alive, if one of them should be miraculously alive, to bring them back. This situation is not unique to Israel. We see the headlines, what's going on with Russian hostages, what's going on in Ukraine. We know there are people in the Middle East and where are bodies from Afghanistan. When America shows the world we are weak, more countries, more leaders that do not believe in democracy and do not want to stand with America will take advantage of these situations. So sit back. First, we're going to talk about the worst, and then we're going to celebrate the best. Nike is constantly political. Why? Cover. Congressional reports suspect Nike used forced labor in China. 
Religious minorities were ripped from their families, sterilized, sold to factories. Nike made shoes in those same areas. Congress tried to ban Nike's labor practices. Nike fought back with highly paid lobbyists. Rather than hiring Americans, Nike chose China. John Donahoe, Nike. Stop exploiting foreign labor. Serve your customers, not woke politicians. So, what has Andrew Garbarino done for you lately? Recklessly voted for Joe Biden's $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. Betrayed fellow Republicans by voting to certify the 2020 election. Oh, and voted to create an independent commission to investigate the January 6th protest. Andrew Garbarino is no Republican. But Mike Rakebrand is. New York's 2nd District deserves a real Republican to protect them in Washington. Mike Rakebrand is a real Republican who won't turn his back on the Republican Party. Mike Rakebrand is a faithful New Yorker, awarded the Purple Heart, protecting your freedoms on the battlefield, and as an NYPD detective, knows how to protect New Yorkers. When you vote for Mike Rakebrand in the Republican primary, he'll protect your freedoms in Congress to secure our southern border and let ICE do their jobs, ban critical race theory in our schools, and withdraw from the Paris Climate Agreement. Vote for Mike Rakebrand and return common sense and good stewardship to New York's 2nd District. Mike Rakebrand won't turn his back on Republicans. And Mike Rakebrand won't turn his back on you. Learn more about Mike Rakebrand at MikeRakebrandForCongress.com. Again, MikeRakebrandForCongress.com. Paid for by Mike Rakebrand for Congress. Mike Rakebrand needs your help to represent you in Congress. Please give now to the 22 for 2 campaign. That's just $22, 22 volunteers, and 22 of your New York 2nd District friends to get out and vote for Mike. Visit MikeRakebrandForCongress.com and give today. That's MikeRakebrandForCongress.com. Welcome back. I am so excited because I've been a fan of this chef and best-selling cookbook author for years. And when she sent me her brand new book, I said, I want to share this with all of my followers because you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy the cookbooks and the cuisine of Kim Kushner. Her latest bestseller is The Modern Table. And I love this book because Kim actually has recipes and entertaining tips that relate to people who never cooked before and to those who cook all the time. So thank you, Kim, for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you for having me. Well, Kim, this book, first of all, is beautiful. It really is a coffee table book. The pictures are beautiful. The, the copper on the side of it is so trendy now. And what I love about the book is that you go from, you know, soup to nuts, all kinds of desserts. You bring in the pride of our Jewish background, but so many of the foods relate and tie into so many non-Jewish food trends that uh, so many people are going to want the book after learning more about you. Tell us why you decided at this time to do The Modern Table. So this is my fourth cookbook, but this one is different than the others because the others are more traditional cookbooks that are filled with recipes. I love cooking, but more than that, I love entertaining. I love gathering people around food, bringing people together. 
around a beautiful table. And so I really wanted to create, this book has been a, a dream of mine to combine my passion for good food, as well as my passion for entertaining and setting a beautiful environment and bringing people together all in one book. And also over the years, you know, I've been teaching cooking classes for almost 15 years and I've spoken to so many people and I've heard their concerns and their doubts. And I really wanted this book to address um, those mis misconceptions and those doubts that people have when they're in the kitchen or when they're thinking of hosting a dinner or a lunch. I think today cooking and entertaining is so much easier. I think one of the positives out of COVID was the fact that people started home entertaining again and they're spending quality time in the kitchen, by the dining room, and also learning more about their ingredients. Do you find that trend also? I think definitely. And I think especially because for such a long time, we were inside and we were, you know, couldn't bring people into our homes that people more than ever now, they don't want to meet at a restaurant. They want to invite people over. They want to sit on the couch. They want to be together in the home. So I definitely think that that is a result of the last few years. So you have four cookbooks and I know for me and my followers, I know what the most requested recipe is for me. You as a modern Orthodox Jewish woman like myself, but have a huge non-Jewish following like myself also, tell us the number one requested recipe you get, regardless of whether or not it's in this book or not. I think the bottom line is that people are looking for simple, straightforward types of recipes that are not going to take hours to make, that are going to be, you know, accessible ingredients. So there's a bunch of recipes in this book. I have one recipe for a flourless chocolate chip cookie that actually began as a Passover recipe, but it has become such a hit. It's got, it has like four or five ingredients. It takes no time to prepare. And it's really a recipe that went viral and it was meant to be for Passover, but people are making it all year round. It's gluten-free and delicious and super simple. So that's one of the two things. It's always a gluten-free recipe. People ask me about Passover desserts, which you hit right. on. And the other thing is brisket. I always get right. asked about brisket, but I will say that mm -hmm. I love this book because a lot of it is I guess simple food portion smaller. I noticed the big trend that I see people looking to taste more and sample more, whether or not it's uh, tapas influenced or charcuterie board influenced. Right. Your recipes are so much like that. How did you get started? So, um, you know what? I moved to New York 19 years ago. I actually just had my 19th wedding anniversary yesterday and I got married in Montreal, Canada, where I was born and raised. And then we got in the car and drove to New York. And I grew up in a family. My mom is from Morocco. My father's from Montreal. I grew up, all of my memories are sitting around that dining room table and enjoying my mom's food and her bringing people in. And so food and dining was a big part of my upbringing. When I moved to New York as a married adult, I just naturally was inviting people over, hosting dinner parties, and people were always very surprised and blown away. You cooked all of that? You made that from scratch? You didn't order in? And I, you know, for me, I was, it was, it was a no brainer. This is how I grew up. And I realized how interested people were. So I started teaching cooking classes to small groups. And one thing led to the next. And then I ended up doing some private chef work and I worked in some restaurants. I worked for some food magazines, but really it always came back to people saying to me, 
you should write a book. You should put these recipes in a book. And so that's how it all started. So these are going to be some speed questions. Most, yes. most valuable kitchen utensil that people must have. Uh, I would say a food processor. Uh, most requested uh, recipe, you do host parties and everything like, uh, not recipe, but what people like to eat when, or if they're even coming over to your house. Do people like makes besides the cookie? They like my Moroccan salads. Uh, biggest food trend you see happening now? It's a lot of going on with mushrooms. I know. I think cauliflower is gone. I, kale's gone. I think it is yeah. mushrooms. I do think that. Uh, tell us where we could find more, find more about you and where sure. we can buy the book. Thank you. So I have a website, kimkushner.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Kim Kushner Cuisine. The book is available on Amazon. It should be available at your local bookseller. Uh, Target is selling it, Costco. Um, but really go to your local bookstore. And if they don't have it, ask them to bring it in the modern table um, because I love supporting local stores. But really, it's readily available. Kim Kushner, I am so excited to have you on. I've been wanting to interview you for a very long time. The book is fantastic and I've been using some of the recipes and it's honestly, it is a coffee table book. I actually have it in my den and everybody picks it up and goes, wow, you did a great job. Who's the publisher? The publisher is Figure One Publishing. Please come back and join us again. Thank you, thank you so much. Nike is constantly political. Why? Cover. Congressional reports suspect Nike used forced labor in China. Religious minorities were ripped from their families, sterilized, sold to factories. Nike made shoes in those same areas. Congress tried to ban Nike's labor practices. Nike fought back with highly paid lobbyists. Rather than hiring Americans, Nike chose China. John Donahoe, Nike. Stop exploiting foreign labor. Serve your customers, not woke politicians. Had enough yet? Do facts no longer matter? Are lies to be encouraged instead of punished? This is not our inheritance. If truth no longer matters, we will not remain free for long. This is our generation's challenge, to defend our founders' hope that we the people could self-govern if we defend our right to get the facts. And right now, we're building the only defense a free people have, the facts on every politician every position they held, every statement they've made, every vote they've made, and any cash they've taken. It's the real history on those now pandering for your vote. There are hundreds of young people building our defense right now, and they need your help. We all have our passions, but as our ancestors knew, when events become so foul they threaten us all, we must stand and defend each other. Please, have our backs. Join us at votesmart.org. Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. It is my honor to share with you a story of courage and a fight and a resilience. As I mentioned, since 2014, parents have been fighting to get their children's bodies returned to America. And we are going to meet the American advocate and a mother of one of the four boys, Robin Myerson is from America and she is involved with the National Association of the Chevra Chadisha 
and Project Inspire Arizona. Welcome to the show, Robin, and tell us how you got involved in this project. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I took a group of women to Israel to learn and grow about and learn about the wonderful country that it is. And while I was there, I met Leah Golden and I heard the story, the terrible story about the fact that she hasn't been able to bury her son after eight years. And as a mother myself, and as a member of the burial society in the United States, where I see death almost every single day, I couldn't stand it. And I thought, well, this is an Israeli issue. Why aren't Israelis taking care of this? But it wasn't working. And so I thought, this is just a humanitarian issue. I, I can't sleep. I can't do it. I, can't, I have to do something about this. So that's why I got involved and started to contact all my friends and people around the country to contact their Congress and contact their you know, senators to try and figure out how do we get these boys back and buried. So Leah, you've been at this since 2014. I know you've met some congressmen and I know so far you have not had too much success. And as I said, this has gone on from the Obama administration, the Trump administration, and now the Biden administration. Please share your story with our viewers and listeners. Thank you. Thank you for having me for this interview with Robin, B. Robin. Um, actually, we are now at, at the same days or in uh, July uh, of Operation Protective Edge, eight years ago, where when to this war, two of my kids twin brothers, Hadar and Tsur, went into Gaza as young officers. And Tsur uh, was commanding a rescue force, going back and forth to Gaza to rescue wounded and dead soldiers, a lot of them his friends, while Hadar was guarding the, the engineering uh, company that had to destroy the underground terror tunnels. And on August 1st, two, two hours after ceasefire was uh, occurred, Hamas violated the humanitarian ceasefire, killed the, his team, three people, and actually uh, grabbed him into the underground tunnel. And 36 hours later, the IDF actually decided there is, that there is no chance that he's alive. Now, what happens is for the last eight years, since August 1st, we are struggling to get Hadar back, to give him decent burial. And it doesn't work because Hamas is, is a terror organization. For him, holding Hadar and another soldier, Oron Shaul, um, uh, is, is like a bargaining chip. And, you know, terror is terror. I mean, they are used to, to, to blackmail and get terrorists released, which is not going to happen anymore. Now, the first time we came to the States right after the war, we realized that actually Adar is a victim of a ceasefire. And since this ceasefire was brokered by the United States and John Kerry and, and uh, Obama, uh, uh, Biden at that time was vice president of Obama and uh, the UN, actually they should be responsibility for his return. Now, all of this was like, a gut feeling that this is un not fair. And we started walking, you know, between synagogues, Jewish communities, rabbis, 
everyone tried to, to try to help us to get to the administration, to the Congress, to the good Congress people, but nothing moved, you know. Uh, people welcomed me, wiped my, wiped my tears, uh, telling me you, you are in my heart, but no, no action. As as Robin keeps is is saying, we need action, not not just talking and and praying. And what happened recently after I met Robin, things became more hectic. You know, um, uh, Robin actually uh, led a campaign to Congress people, actually demanding that whatever money goes to Gaza will be conditioned by the return of our boys because this is a humanitarian issue. It's, it's a violation of the humanitarian law. And this is the greatest value of, of, of us as Jews, you know, to bring our, our, our family, our boys to decent burial. And that's why we are now talking to you because we feel that there is a great opportunity now, especially now after Biden, President Biden visit to Israel. So the headlines now are that the visit was not such a success. And from the non-Jewish world, they saw a president uh, fist, a hand fist in a friendship way, a leader that they believed uh, murder, helped murder an American. So when they see that, I mean, what do people in Israel say? And what do parents like yourself say when they see that? Because he kind of gave the okay that he's willing to, you know, talk and be buddies with a potential murderer of an American. Yeah, you're right. We we dealing, we are part of, of, of dealing with terror, counter-terrorism. This is part of our life currently for the last eight years. And terror is terror, and terror supporters are not going to, to change their, their skin, you know? However, what we see in Gaza is that they cannot survive one day without the support of the international community. And just two days ago, President Biden declared that he's going to, to, to put $500 billion uh, in Gaza. Now, I'm a second generation to Holocaust survivor. You know, my mother told me that money talks. And when money talks, this is the way to go. This is the way, like Robin is asking since, since more, yesterday, who is signing the check? Who is, who is approving it? That's the place where we have to put on the agenda as your wonderful ambassador to the UN, Linda Thomas Greenfield told me when I met her, I met her already three times. She said, this should be on top of our agenda in whatever we do in your region. Now, the good news is that we, on our recent trip to Washington, actually received a very positive very positive response from your officials. <coughs> what happened in Israel last week, it's for the first time that the prime minister and the president openly asked your president, please help. And it was heard by, by all those officials that already heard me, but you know, it's like a hearing from a, a mother 
it's different from hearing from the officials. So now the stars are aligned, you know, the setup is there. We just have to get moving, you know, because, you know, we have, America has a lot of leverage on Gaza directly and indirectly. When I say indirectly, I mean all the countries, the UN members, like Qatar, like Egypt, like Iran, like, like uh, uh, Turkey, like Emirates, like Saudi, you know, all of them, once they tell the Hamas, you should let these boys go home and get their decent burial, they will do it because money talks. So a question that I know my listeners are going to ask me and followers is why isn't Israel doing more to do this? The, you know, this happened in Israel. It's part of the IDF. Why aren't they doing more? Why is it such a, an American issue? So if I could answer that, I think Israel is yes. trying their absolute best to do everything they possibly can. But this is, we're talking about U.S. tax dollars. We're talking about American tax dollars, $500 million of my money and your money going right. for humanitarian aid to Gaza. I'm not against humanitarian aid, but make it a precondition. Just return the boys and then get the money. Why just get the money without returning the boys? It doesn't make any sense. It's not fair. It's anti-Semitic. It's anti-humane. And there's laws. The, the UN made laws to return soldiers and return civilian hostages. So I don't want my money, my American tax dollars going without the boys coming back. We're in a recession in America, and people are very upset from both parties about all the money going to Ukraine. Do you think that with the way the economy is right now, this is going to have an impact? Robin, I'll ask you because you are the American here. It seems like the money is already planning to go to, to this area. So it doesn't seem that it's going to stop. The money's going to go no matter what. We're just asking for a precondition to return the boys, make that a humanitarian issue too. So Leia, you told us about your son and how he was captured. Tell us about the teenage boy that you raised and your fondest memories of him, what he liked, his mm -hmm. hobbies. I have four kids. The, the youngest are twins, Adar and Sur. Uh, amazing two boys complimenting each other as Tsuri is saying, I'm right hand and Adar is left hand and together we are big, big power and really wonderful two boys, you know, that spoiled us as parents. Now, Adar was amazing uh, with art. I mean, and he was both an intellectual, a very deep intellectual person since he was very young and uh, was a, a wonderful artist. And he actually left us with an amazing, amazing uh, legacy uh, written. Uh, it's Sefer Mesilat Yesharim. I don't know how to say it. It's a Jewish philosophical uh, book, How to Be a Better Person, that was written like 150 years ago. And he, his commentary actually uh, have access to youngsters, either religious or not, it's amazing. And he left us with a wonderful art that we have a, 
and a wandering um, exhibition that we already displayed at the UN and um, in different synagogue in, in the Tolerance Museum in Los Angeles. Now we are aiming to the Congress House. And you know, I, 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 if you see his pictures with his big smile, it was from the inside, you know, he always was so the good things, you know, not, not the bad things, the good things. And this is what we're trying to follow. And whatever we do now, which is very, very upsetting, very upsetting, uh, we keep thinking what Adar would say and what Adar actually wrote us. And it's like guidelines that we have now to, to continue. And I just want to add something to, to what um, uh, Robin just said. Uh, whenever we met the American officials, they keep talking about normalization. You know, in our area, there is not such a thing normalization if my boy is, 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 is held capture by terrorist organization, not allowing me to, to give him a decent burial as, as we do have to. So this is a very important thing to not to let it just pass, just to tackle it. And, you know, we in our personal life try to keep normalized life for the sake of, 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 of our other kids. And it's important for me to say, well, although what we go is, is heartbreaking, what we, what we live, uh, we, we see a lot of, of joy with our kids and grandkids. And Tzur, twin brother of Adar, was just married last month. Mazel tov. Uh, and we are very, very happy. Um, Yara, his wonderful, my, my new daughter-in-law actually brought his big smile back to him, you know, and all the usual things that, you know, my husband's name is Simcha, you know, his, his name is Simcha and I'm Chedvalea. So we have Simcha, we have Chedva, and usually when Simcha signs his uh, email, he said, he always says in Hebrew, what you say of Simchas, you know? So this is our motto in life. And, but we have to, to put a closure to, to our, uh, to this unjust. It's, it's unjust because Adar was killed in a ceasefire, you know? And ceasefire is the highest, highest um, value, if, if I may say so of any, any conflict, any armed conflict since, you know, Romans, right. since the beginning of history. And well, we should not give in to terror. Well, unfortunately, we're living in times where the justice system is being challenged, uh, war uh, areas are being challenged. Uh, I had to ask, uh, first of all, just to clarify for the audience, when I introduced Robin and I talked about the Chavra Chadisha for our non-Jewish audience, that is a Jewish burial society. Robin, I want to ask you a little bit, what is Project Inspire Arizona? Project Inspire is a group of men and women that want to learn and grow together. So we take people who are Jewish and they want to learn about Israel. They want to learn about their heritage. And that's what we do. We want to um, learn more and then make a difference in their own lives, live better lives by learning more about the Jewish values that they were born with, but maybe just didn't know about. 
That's wonderful. Uh, it sounds very inspiring for these times. So many people, they say, are, are running from religion. I see more people looking for something. I mean, so this sounds really very, uh, I don't want to say meditating, but what very calming and, and people that feel alone can join in and feel a part of something. Definitely. You know, it's also just to go back to the like the burial society is that, you know, when you when you have a burial, there's closure and you can feel at peace. And I see this all the time with the other families that I help that, you know, there's this angst, this this anxiety that you have until you get to the actual point of the burial. And then once the burial happens, you can you can grieve, you can you can move on. And right, right. now this boy he's sort of in nowhere land, you know, he's, there's no, there's no um, closure. And that's why we're fighting so hard with the American people to not let the tax dollars go without returning the boys. Has it been any interest from uh, the Jews and other parts of the world to work with their governments to help as well? So um, I know, Leah, you spoke at the UN and spoke with other Government yeah, we had we had an amazing progress uh, with the UN. Uh, actually, same same basic uh, excuse since the UN and US broker this ceasefire as usually is done in our area, and uh, with the help of Nikki Haley at that time, she was the your ambassador to the UN. Uh, we had a special security council meeting to discuss the missing persons from since 2014. And I was there giving my evidence with Professor Erwin Kotler, you know, well-known, uh, he was the previous just min justice minister in Canada, William and Wright activist, a good Jew. And um, he actually did the legal framing of all of Adar's case as, as a, a humanitarian case study, which is very, very important formally because everyone is, is, is uh, using the, the excuse of the international humanitarian law to provide humanitarian uh, aid and support to Gaza because this is what you should do, but they forget that there are two more important issues with this same law that whoever give, provides humanitarian support, it has, has to check that the ones that get it comply with the principles of the law, of that same law. So they, they shouldn't give it to, to, to those that violate it. And then have, they have also to combat impunity. So all of this actually was a basic for a, a UN resolution 2474, which is exactly what the Americans, when I met them, hold in their hand and said, yes, this is our responsibility. Wherever there is an armed conflict and agreements are, are assigned, initiated after it, the ones that, the good ones that provide, uh, assign these agreements have a responsible to return the missing persons and the dead as a confidence building measure to anything. And we were invited by, by the Secretary General Guterres, you know, the UN, uh, you know, and it's very unusual because he meets only with world leaders, not with the family. So I feel that we did a lot of progress uh, uh, in, in fighting for Jewish, Israeli human rights 
you know, which are usually not done in public, you know, and, and the opposite is happening. So we managed to achieve so much. So we have this ground, you know, legal ground for whatever we do. And the Americans, American administration, and I was corresponding with high rank officials told me, we obey the law. And they have reference, they know how to use it with like they did it with UNRWA, you know, how to condition money right. that goes to, to terror. And it doesn't mean that it has to go directly, it can also go indirectly. It's the same of the same. So uh, our, our, our um, call is not just for the politician, you know, because political right. interests sometimes are different. We call all those all those business people, all those people that provide the money. At the end of the day, it's money. That's and right. they should listen. And I believe that every Jew can find either in the first circle or the second circle, someone that is close to those decision makers. And America has the leverage, has the leverage to do so, has the experience in doing it in North Korea, in Afghanistan, they know how to do it. So that's why we call the Jewish American help, you know. Well, this show has many Jew non-Jewish followers and listeners as well. And as I discussed in my introduction, what's happening with you, there are hostages around the world making headlines that are Americans. There are, of, like in Afghanistan, there are still American bodies there. Their families want them returned. This is a, a humanitarian issue. We yeah. have to wrap this up. So Robin Myerson and Leah Golden, thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you. Thank you so much Thank for you having so us. Much. So what has Andrew Garbarino done for you lately? Recklessly voted for Joe Biden's $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. Betrayed fellow Republicans by voting to certify the 2020 election. Oh, and voted to create an independent commission to investigate the January 6th protest. Andrew Garbarino is no Republican. But Mike Rakebrand is. New York's 2nd District deserves a real Republican to protect them in Washington. Mike Rakebrandt is a real Republican who won't turn his back on the Republican Party. Mike Rakebrandt is a faithful New Yorker, awarded the Purple Heart, protecting your freedoms on the battlefield, and as an NYPD detective, knows how to protect New Yorkers. When you vote for Mike Rakebrandt in the Republican primary, he'll protect your freedoms in Congress. To secure our southern border, and let ICE do their jobs, ban critical race theory in our schools, and withdraw from the Paris Climate Agreement. Vote for Mike Rakebrand and return common sense and good stewardship to New York's 2nd District. Mike Rakebrand won't turn his back on Republicans, and Mike Rakebrand won't turn his back on you. Learn more about Mike Rakebrand at MikeRakebrandForCongress.com. Again, MikeRakebrandForCongress.com. Paid for by Mike Rakebrand for Congress. Mike Rakebrand needs your help to represent you in Congress. Please give now to the 22 for 2 campaign. That's just $22, 22 volunteers, and 22 of your New York 2nd District friends to get out and vote for Mike. Visit MikeRakebrandForCongress.com and give today. That's MikeRakebrandForCongress.com. Nike is constantly political. Why? Cover. 
Congressional reports suspect Nike used forced labor in China. Religious minorities were ripped from their families, sterilized, sold to factories. Nike made shoes in those same areas. Congress tried to ban Nike's labor practices. Nike fought back with highly paid lobbyists. Rather than hiring Americans, Nike chose China. John Donahoe, Nike. Stop exploiting foreign labor. Serve your customers, not woke politicians. Had enough yet? Do facts no longer matter? Are lies to be encouraged instead of punished? This is not our inheritance. If truth no longer matters, we will not remain free for long. This is our generation's challenge, to defend our founders' hope that we the people could self-govern if we defend our right to get the facts. And right now, we're building the only defense a free people have, the facts on every politician, every position they held, every statement they've made, every vote they've made, and any cash they've taken. It's the real history on those now pandering for your vote. There are hundreds of young people building our defense right now, and they need your help. We all have our passions, but as our ancestors knew, when events become so foul they threaten us all, we must stand and defend each other. Please, have our backs. Join us at votesmart.org. Welcome back. As I said in my introduction, tonight is a first. You're going to be joining me on the red carpet for an exclusive party featuring the debut of Derome by Yatir Wines. Red, white, and rosé. Brought to you out of the Negev in Israel. And you don't have to be Jewish to taste them and enjoy them. They are delicious. They are very price friendly and they enhance every meal you serve. And you're also going to meet the award-winning chef, Ori Estesafra from Allenby Kitchen. And you're gonna see foods that I wish you could taste and wish you could smell because the hottest trends right now in cooking are spices and foods from the Middle East, and I'm bringing you the very best. So sit back and stay tuned and enjoy the red carpet with me. Hi, it's a Jewish patriot, Cindy Gross here, and I'm here with Juan from the best of Darum, from the Negev. I always tell you that Israeli wines are the best and you don't have to be Jewish to appreciate them and purchase them all over the country. Tell us a little bit about what we're drinking tonight. Thanks. So basically, this is all about having fun. This wine is simple to understand. Rosé, white, red. Darom is exploring the southern terroir, a region that is less known in Israel, but it's an exciting, amazing opportunity to get to know the Darom terroir and to understand the desert has really blossomed. Tell everybody a little bit about the Negev Desert. So when you go there, you wouldn't think, oh, we should be growing grapes here. But biblically and historically speaking, we always grew grapes and we always made amazing wine there. And if you see the flower here, it represents the national flower of Israel. And that's what we did with the desert. We brought the desert to life. And like I said, this is available nationwide. Where can they get it online? So you can get it at kosherwine.com, 
but you can get it at a lot of local retail shops and we encourage you to go out, have fun with Darome, whether it's a hamburger, whether it's pizza, Darome is always going to be there for delicious quality and pairing with almost whatever you're in the mood for. Thank you for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thanks for having us. Cheers. L'chaim. Hi, I'm Chef Lori Safra, and these are my two uh, small canapé appetizers for today. We have here a deconstructed falafel that is raw and not fried, some onions, and this is the second one, which is a mousse from chicken liver, and some brandy, uh, pistachios, and date syrup cilantro. The Jewish Patriot is here with Yaakov from Israel, from the Negev, with the Rome by Yatia Wine. Tell us a little bit what it's like to live in Israel, have this beautiful wine, and sharing it with people around the world. We live in the desert, in uh, the high place in the uh, area of Yatir. And those uh, Yatir winery decided to enlarge the scope of the wine so we don't have enough grapes in the forest. So because that, we take now grapes from all the south. The home is the south. And because that, we take in other places uh, grapes. But we decided to brand it different because it, the vineyard is not from the Atil forest. And we have the rosé, the white, and the red. So we are happy to launch it here in the Big Apple. And it's available nationwide and you can buy it online and at stores nationwide. This is a Jewish patriot. You don't have to be Jewish to enjoy Darom wine. Hello and welcome. This is Dan Perkins. I'm the executive producer and co-founder of Blacks and Whites. And uh, we're, we're bringing Cindy's and her syndicated show to our network. She's on Sundays at 5 p.m. and on Tuesday evenings at 9.30. Uh, we decided we'd try to attract two different audiences with her. Um, she has quite a reputation and we're looking forward to the content that she's gonna be able to give to you, our listeners, and her listeners uh, on her Jewish Patriot uh, show. So welcome aboard. Thank you so much for having me and I look forward to sharing headlines and trends from the Jewish world to the non-Jewish audience and vice versa as Talk Radio's premier Jewish women activist. And where can our listeners find it in case they miss it so they could stream it anytime? They could go to blacksandwhites.us and under the show menu, the drop-down menu, there'll be your name and it'll take you to a landing page on our website where they can hear your show and also read other things about what's going on in Cindy's life. Thank you so much for joining us, Dan. You're welcome. Thank you. We'll look forward to having you on the network. Great. Thank you. Okay. Welcome back. Usually this time of the show, I give you some closing thoughts and some words of wisdom, but we had a huge show tonight. Lots of firsts and of course, interviews from Israel and America. So I just want to wish you all a very successful week and join us next time on the Jewess Patriot with Cindy Gross, today's premier Jewish woman activist through CTA 
black and white, real talk radio, and every social media outlet you can download and stream us on. See you then. Thanks for watching The Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program, as well as previous ones, available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on The Jewish Patriot Show.